after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things shall be added. It's the principle of God that before you experience divine provision, you must first encounter Him, you must first interface with Him, you must first receive more and more of Him in order to bring you to the place where you receive divine provision. Number two principle, uh, we said that God's system for divine provision will not always follow your plan. Many of us have our own plans, we have our own strategies, our own schemes, our own systems that we have put in place. You know, by age this, I must do this. By this time, I must be doing that. I must be. We have so many nice, nice plans. Um, but God's system for bringing provision will not always follow your format. All these, they have been uploaded on podcast. And so I don't want to belabor the point. If you missed it last Sunday, please take your time. Wherever you get podcast, Apple, um, Podbean, um, what else? All those places, Spotify, all of them. You can find the podcast there and it will be a blessing to you. So we'll go quickly to the third principle of divine provision. Number three principle of divine provision. God gives provision for his commission. God gives provision for his commission. Isaiah 58, 11. God gives provision for his commission. Yes, sir. Isaiah 58, 11. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not he says your bones shall be made fat he would he would water your grounds but what is it that starts all this he said that and the lord will guide you amen he says and the lord shall guide thee continually god is only committed to what he has commissioned when god gives an assignment to a man he is enjoined by his integrity to ensure that every resource the person needs in order to thrive and to succeed is made available to that person you see it, it's like when somebody gives you a job when you receive an offer letter and they say your work this is your role you are supposed to be playing in this company and they say they spell out your salary this is how much you are supposed to earn monthly and they say you are supposed to come to work from 8 a.m to 5 p.m they spell out all these things but at the end of the day every tool that you need in order to be able to do your job is also provided to you by the person who employed you in the work are you with me now and so if you work in a bank and you're a teller you don't go to work with your own computer by the time you get there they have fixed a computer and shown you the booth or the desk you are supposed to work from. They have, they have put in place the software that you are supposed to work with. They have put in place the, the money counting machine. In other words, every resource you need in order to do the job you have been assigned is provided to you. Even corporate people know that it is wickedness 
to employ somebody and not give him the resource to achieve those goals and yet demand results from him how much more god before god gives you any assignment understand that god would have gone ahead of you to ensure that every resource you need to be able to thrive in that assignment is provided and that is why it is critically important that we come to understand what is god's will in the time that we are in what is god's assignment for you what is his instruction for you what is his will for you the word of god says that i know the plans i think towards you they are plans of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end he knows how to get you there he knows the assignment he's given you but he will only provide for what he himself has commissioned listen if you sent yourself you must be ready to provide for yourself how many of you have heard me say that before if you send yourself and you go on your own you have to be ready to provide for yourself if god sent you and god made the way then god will also provide for you hallelujah the bible said the other day jesus preached and uh, peter and co made provision for him to come and preach after that he has finished sharing the word of god he looked at them and peter said we have you know we have toiled all night and caught nothing what was jesus's instruction he said i, I know but cast your net to the other side cast your net that was the instruction that was what he was supposed to that was the commission that was the assignment cast your net now imagine that after he had cast his net he caught nothing we would have said jesus is a liar we would have said he doesn't know what he's talking about we would have said his word is not trustworthy so the moment he says cast your net he is responsible for ensuring that the net will not come out empty the net must come back with a cash and so whenever god gives an instruction whenever god gives a commission he is enjoined by his integrity to ensure that something productive comes out of it hallelujah ask your neighbor what has god told you to do ask another what has he asked you to do when when the people of israel were in egypt and uh, they were undergoing all these um, things in the hands of the egyptians the Bible said that God called his servant Moses and out of the burning bush and gave him an instruction, go and bring my people from Egypt and bring them to a place where they will worship me. That was the instruction. After God had given the instruction, he had to ensure that everything they needed for their coming out of Egypt was provided. How did they start? First of all, each of them went to, he told them, go to the Egyptians and ask them anything you want, they'll give it to you. So each of the Israelites went to their masters and they began to ask things. The Bible said they gave them gold, they gave them silver, they gave them so many things just because they had asked. And it was because God, who was calling them out, was ensuring that every resource they needed for the journey was provided. Are you with me now? In fact, they got to a place, they needed water to drink. And the Bible said God spoke to Moses. He said, pick your rod and strike the water. He struck it and water started flowing. Because God was responsible for keeping them alive and providing them water. They got to another place. They needed food to eat. There was no food anywhere. He said, I'm causing manna to fall. Manna falls, they began to eat and they were satisfied. Why? It was God's responsibility. I was my, my somewhere in Egypt and you asked me to move. Once you have given me this commission, their responsibility is on you to cater for my needs on this journey. The question is what has god asked you to do in this season if he told you to do it he will provide for you to be able to do it hallelujah the, the challenge is that many of us just arrogate to ourselves responsibilities god hasn't sent us to, to do many of us just look at what others are doing it looks nice 
And based on the beauty of what they are doing, they'll say, oh, I, I, I feel like this is what God is calling me to do. As a pastor, there are many times, you know, when we, when we, are, we, 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 we gather like this, the, the atmosphere is powerful, we take pictures, they're all over social media, you'll be there, somebody will just call you or send you a message or come and see a man of God, God told me to come and serve under you, God said, this is my place, and I'll tell them, really, God hasn't said anything. You see, they have seen something beautiful that they want to be a part of, and they're attributing it to God. There are people who have started ministry just so that they can prove a point to somebody that they are also called. Are you with me? There are others who started the ministry because they were hungry, they needed to eat. They applied for jobs for three years, they didn't get a job. They went for interviews, nobody picked them. And so, out of frustration, their get-away card from the realms of frustration was to go and start a ministry. You don't commission yourself and now be looking for God to come your way and begin to fund what he hasn't commissioned. Am I talking to somebody now? Imagine, imagine, imagine that when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, let's say the Amalekites were also leaving Egypt. Do you think that God was going to cause water to flow for them? No way. Or God was going to cause manna to come for them? No way because God hasn't sent them anywhere. They were on their own. Hallelujah. When God spoke to Elijah and he said, let there be this battle between you and the prophets of Baal. I, I need to prove something. I need to show them something. And they brought the cattle and they put them on the, on the altars. And they began to call their God from day to night. And they began to even cut themselves. And nothing happened. And the Bible says it was Elijah's turn. Understand that it was God who had given him that instruction. So the moment he just came and he didn't even finish talking. And the Bible says fire came from heaven and began to consume the, what they had put on the altar. Why? God who had given him the instruction was responsible for ensuring that it fire is released. If he had sent himself, no fire would have come. No matter how anointed he is. Am I communicating something now? The principle, third principle of divine provision is that if God sent you, God will provide for you. If God opened the door for you to go to school, God will provide for you. If God says you have to go and do your masters in the UK, God will provide for you. Somebody say amen. amen. Just when I sat down, somebody sent me a, a testimony she said, there's this person who, um, she placed the person's name on the altar of prayer wall and said, the person applied for a visa to Canada last year somewhere and they bound the person. Okay, they didn't bound. They, they hasn't heard from them. So when he entered 2023, he applied again. And the second application, they bound him. And they, they, they told him that they can't give him the visa. So she had placed the name on prayer wall and said, God, do it for this person. And one week after they sent the rejection letter, they now sent another letter and said that your visa is ready, come and pick it now. See, if it was God's intention to send him there, God would have the responsibility to provide for him. There are many people who are trying on their own to send themselves to America and they are believing God to help them go when God hasn't sent them there. Can I go there? The fact that something is good doesn't mean it's good for you. The fact that something is good does not mean it is necessarily good for you. Because everybody's story and everybody's path is different. And if God is with you and he understands the path you need to take to come to the place of manifestation, then he knows the necessary resources that you will need on your journey. 
So if you see somebody having a certain kind of resource on their path, it does not mean that God must give you the same thing in order for you to feel fulfilled. I gave this example during Friday service. I said there are two men in the Bible. One of them is Daniel. One of them is Samson. Both of them anointed by God. Both of them called by God. Both of them given an assignment by God. Now, both of them on their journeys meet lions. How many of you remember when I told you on Friday? And I said, Daniel meets lions and he was with lions in the lion's den. Samson was on his way and he was um, confronted by a lion. Both of them are anointed. Both of them are meeting similar situations. But God's strategy for bringing them out of their situations is not the same. Because for Daniel, Bible says God sends an angel to shut down the mouth of the lion and they just became um, filled immediately. They decided to lose their sense of smell, sense of taste, sense of appetite and they couldn't touch Daniel. When it got to Samson's case, God didn't send an angel to come and shut down the mouth of the lion. God, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and he fought the lion and killed the lion. So the Samson's of this world will not say that because the Daniels are not fighting, they don't want to fight. Am I talking to somebody? And so the Daniels of this world will also not say, because the Samsons are fighting, me too, I want to fight. I want to show everybody how mighty and how strong I am. The path of Daniel is different. The path of Samson is different. And the God who called them both understands what resource they need in order to thrive in their respective callings. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, what God commissions, he provides for. It's very important. So if you're a Daniel, just believe God and walk with God. Whoever you are, whatever path God is walking with you, don't feel under pressure to take responsibilities God hasn't given you. To take responsibilities God hasn't given you. One of the nicest jobs in ministry is associate pastor. One of the nicest jobs. Where are my pastors? Is it true? One of the nicest jobs is associate pastors. Whether there are bills to pay or not, while you are asleep. You don't have to worry Sunday in, Sunday out. For God to give you any message. You can, I mean, maybe once every year you preach two times. So you can take your time and wait on God for a lot of revelation for the two times you come and preach. When God calls a man and makes the man the head, God gives peculiar grace to that person to run the race with. And so if God hasn't given you the grace to head it, a thing, and you just, you know, you like how nice it is, and so you want to do it, you may kill yourself before time. They say heavy is the head. Have you heard that one before? That wears the crown. But for those of you who are watching, the crown looks beautiful. It looks glorious. They just put a crown on the new king of, or a king of the UK or Britain or England. They put a, look at that nice crown. Do you know the weight of the crown? Yeah. So what God, when God calls you to do something, he specifically graces you for it. He provides for you. There's a reason why some of you can't have certain visions. Because if you try to have those visions on your own, you collapse for your time. Now, if God sends you to start an NGO, then it is God's responsibility to provide for you. If out of the goodness of your heart, you start, please, out of the goodness of your heart, fund it. 
Am I making sense? Yeah, it's, it's important. What he commissions. So he always makes answers for. When the sons of the prophet go to Elisha and they say, we want to increase, we want to expand where we are. And he said, go with us. And Elisha first says, I've given you permission, go. And secondly, he went with them. When the axe head falls into water, immediately they ran to the one who gave them permission to start. And they said, the axe head has fallen into water. Alas, for it was borrowed. He comes and he picks a stick, drops it, and the axe begins to float. And that's the end of the story. What they want to point out there is that the only reason why Elisha was responsible for whatever had gone wrong was because he gave them permission, first and foremost. Imagine they had gone on their own. After all, they have their own muscles. After all, they have the ability to um, get their own axes and cut their own trees. Imagine they had gone out on their own to cut the trees and then the axe had fallen into water. Who would they come and call? Every time the people of Israel will turn on Moses, he will come back to God and come back to the one who sent him. And, and God will keep telling him, you are not the one they have rejected. I am the one they have rejected. Because I am the one who sent you to take them. So it's not really about you, it's about me. If God gave you the, the grace to start a business, listen to me, he will provide customers for you in the name of Jesus. If God gave you the grace to start that business, the resource to sustain it will also be provided for you. If God is the one who opened the door for you to go to school, then nothing will stop you. You will go through that education and you will finish to the glory of his name in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout yes. Whatever God commissions, he provides for. Number four principle. Number four. God's provision requires a medium for expression. God's provision requires a medium for expression. God's provision requires a medium, a conduit for expression. Amen. Very important principle. There must always be a channel through which God's provision must flow. There, there has to be something. When Elijah went to the widow, that God said, I've sent a widow to take care of you, to, to, to feed you. And the widow said, I have oil, a small vial of oil. And he said, I have flour. When God stepped in to provide for them an everlasting or ever-increasing supply of oil and flour, they already had oil, a certain quantum of oil, and they already had a certain quantum of flour, and they had an oil vial and a flour vase, and these things were the conduit through which God sustained the supply that was coming. When Jesus multiplied the five loaves and the two fishes, there had to be, first of all, five loaves and two fishes for the multiplication to take place. When Jesus changed water to wine, the instruction was get barrels and fill them with water. And that was the channel through which the miracle provision of wine was expressed. When the woman whose husband was one of the sons of the prophet had died and he came to the prophet and said, they are coming for me. He said, go and borrow barrels 
fill them with uh, get barrels and arrange them and start pouring and for as long as she was pouring oil was coming because there was room for expression for the of the provision of god you can't just be there and expect provision out of thin air can i go there oh can i go there church you 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 wouldn't just be there open your hands and say god provide there has to be a, a, a room, there has to be a barrel, there has to be a vial, there has to be something you are bringing that would provoke God to release provision through it. For some of you, it is the job you are doing. That is the room through which God brings provision. Suddenly they will say, you know, they have looked at the whole company, you are the one they are picking to go and do some short course in America and they will pay you this amount of money and that just opens the door for you. There always has to be a room. You don't sleep on your bed 24-7 and say, divine provision. The last time God was providing food out of the heavens, the Israelites told God that the food is not nice. When he, imagine the chefs of heaven, how do they be angry? The chefs of heaven have provided manna for you. They said the, the food is not that we don't want to want warm meat. And so God, in the system of relating with men, has now des desired an, a room for expression of provision. When he said to Peter, cast your net, there had to be a net that was ready. You see, that scripture is quite powerful and profound. Because Peter said, we have toiled all night. And caught nothing but the bible says something there he said they were mending their nets so before jesus met them although their expedition to catch fish was unsuccessful when they came they didn't just go home and complain they sat down to mend their nets to prepare themselves for something that could happen a possibility of a great catch imagine they had not mended the net when jesus met them and jesus said cast your net what fish can be caught in a net that is torn Am I communicating something? What, unless you go and catch shark, a shark or some whale or something. But the kind of fish they wanted, they, so they, although they didn't really know what was going to happen, although they were not fully aware of what Jesus was going to do, they, it, it, although they failed in the past, they just sat down, took time, and mended their nets, knowing that if we didn't make it today, tomorrow God will still make a way for us to make it. And so when the time came and Jesus said, cast your net, that same net that they didn't catch anything in the past, now was catching something. There has to be. What, what net are you bringing for your catch? What net? Where is your net? Where is your net? You, you don't just come. Some of you, like I said, your work is your net. Some of you, your contacts, your net. Some of you, the networks, your net. Some of you, it, it is something, your business is your net. But there has to be a net that you are ready to cast. The difference is that when men cast theirs and get nothing, you cast yours and get a lot. Why? Because God is with you and he's providing through the medium of the net that you have brought. So the fact that our nets caught nothing last year, does not mean we should throw them away. We need to mend them and be ready for the next coming catch. Hallelujah. He, 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 see, with the miracle of multiplying bread and fish, it's so, it's so amazing. They ate and ate and ate. But that miracle started 
from somebody's fish and somebody's bread. We are talking about the king of kings, Jesus, the creator of all things. Even him, he didn't say, okay, since there is no food, my father let bread and fish start dropping from heaven. No. It had to be a medium. Somebody met me the other day, he says he wants to travel to America. So, wow, that's powerful. Beautiful. Mm. So, where's your passport? I don't have a passport. This net is torn. You don't have a passport? Torn is torn. Gabriel and Michael can't come and carry you to America. They can't. That's what the system. You can't just walk through the terminals in the airport and say, oh, God sent me here. Hello, God sent me here. Are you with me? What you are looking for, there must be the preparation of a net for it. There must be something. Your barrels must be ready. Your barrels must be ready. I'm believing God to bless me with a car. Do you know how to drive? I don't know how to drive, but when I get it, I'll learn. Are you serious? When I get it, I'll learn. Your net is torn. You are not ready. You prepare and you, you are ready in alignment for provision that comes from heaven. As, as a, a, a man of God, I have come to realize that every time we take a step, God makes a way. When our nets are ready, God makes a way. Amen. When our nets are ready. When we started doing towels, the, the back towels you are seeing, I was just there, somebody called me. You know, my birthday is coming. God has laid on my heart. I want to towel the whole of the back. So I was just asking myself, so what if we were not tiling? Will God have touched his heart to bring us towels? Get ready. Amen. If you start making some moves, God will open some doors you didn't know existed before. If you start making some moves. Because if you want to see the move of God, move. If you want to see the move of God, move. Which na farko air per provision. Oh yeah, store and as I did. Which na farko per provision. Move. God's provision will always come to deal with an issue, to solve a problem, to make a way. And so if you are just at one place, you are not there yet. You are not there. Number three, last principle. I, I need to end this, this series today. Last principle is that God judges motives in bringing provision. God judges motives. God judges motives in bringing provision. Provision now open all the idea. You want to show somebody pepper. You want to show somebody shaggy. You want God to come and sponsor your shaggy. You think heaven has nothing to do? <laughs> Hallelujah. In fact, there are many of us here now. The reason we are believing God for provision, there is somebody we need to show something. We have to show somebody. 
the, the person who said you won't make it, you want to go and you want to drive your first car, your you know your first um, Mercedes, go and just pass by the house and say pay pay and give them wiper. God, see, see, he, he told he told um, uh, Samuel, he said, you know, man focuses on the outside, looks on the outside, but I, God, I look on the inside. God's God's system for judging men is based on the precepts of their heart and the motives of their mind. So he is interested in motives and the right motives attract the right provision. If your motives are wrong, you can't, you can't um, lie to heaven to make provision for you for the wrong motive. Amen? You cannot. He judges motives. See, he can, he can tell, God can tell, God can tell that even with this lady's salary right now, she's supporting my work. She's pushing the ministry. Her, the kingdom of God is on her heart and on, on her mind. Which tells me that if I lift her, the kingdom will still be at the forefront of her thinking. Because you see, giving is not a matter, it's not a pocket issue. It's a heart issue. The ability to give has nothing to do with what is in your pocket. It has everything to do with what is in your heart. So there are people who are naturally, as a condition of the heart, they don't, they don't give to anybody. They don't, they don't even give to their own mothers or their own fathers at home. Yet when it is Mother's Day, they will disturb all of us with their mother's pictures. They haven't spoken to their mother in three years, but they want to let us know they to their mother. They have not done anything for them. They said they don't have anything in their pocket. It's not that issue of what is, it is a condition of the heart. And God judges motives. God judges the heart. See, when it comes to men, you can fool men. Because you can pretend to be what you are not. You can, you can, you can create an impression in their minds of people and uh, cause them to think of you in a dimension you are not in. But when it comes to God, he sees beyond what the eyes can see. And so he's able to see exactly what your heart is saying. And motives can rob you of your right standing as far as the provision of God is concerned. When, when Samuel saw the first son of Jesse, I mean, he looked like a king. Look at this one. Take tall like that. I mean, he showed that, the shoulder, and, and the Bible is clear. Said the way the man stood, it was just like Saul. So we already have precedent of how a king must look. So Samuel is looking at this man and looking at what he historically has perceived as the criteria for being selected as king. So the moment he sees, ah, this is it, this is it. And God said, no, you are focusing on the outside. I am looking for what is on the inside. And even though the man was not even present, David was not even present, everything was suspended. The whole service was suspended. The whole gathering was suspended. Nobody will sit till David makes an appearance here. And then when he came, he was anointed because God was focused more on the condition of the heart. What you are looking for, you see, it is not that God can't do it. It is not that he doesn't have the ability. Of course, we are talking about the CEO of the universe. Yes, the power to do any and everything. That what is standing between you and provision is what your heart is telling him. Your mouth is saying one thing, but your heart is saying another thing. There's an auntie you want to show Pepe. You want to show the auntie Pepe. Because when you were young, they did something to you, so it's your time. You think, you think life is a Nigerian movie? Hallelujah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've met many people. 
he went to start his own ministry to show prove a point. Like they think I can't do, I'll show them. You show who? Why are you showing? The motive is all wrong. You know, some are looking for you know the whole place is packed, and when they are coming, papa, and then they are so bloated, ego is so bloated. Hey, nobody can touch them. Nobody can talk to them. Like they have to even uh, put clothes on the ground so that they walk on. They are feeling they have a certain high sense. Calm down. Is the reason God can lift you? Am I talking to somebody now? Motives is everything. If God gives you everything and comes back for everything, would you give it to Him? God calls Abraham and says, "Through you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed." Through you, through you. God doesn't lie. Hey, says, out of you, your offspring shall be blessed. You see, that's why God was committed to not only Isaac; He was also committed to Ishmael. When Ishmael and their mother were going, they got to a place they nearly died because there was no water. The Bible said God made a way for them, even Ishmael. Why? Because Ishmael was out of the loins of Abraham and God is committed to everything you told Abraham, including the one that you think is illegitimate. God is still committed. Hallelujah. Yeah. Are you with me now? God is still committed. He told him, go. And then I'm going to bless the, 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 the whole earth through you. They wait, 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 wait. And God now gives him Isaac. God gave him Isaac, turned around and said, I want Isaac back. It's like God comes and gives you a car, and then God appears to you in the middle of the night and says, I want the car. See that car? Go and give it to DK Michael Amemo. He needs a car. <laughs> One of my sons came to me some time ago. His whole bank account 10,000 CDs. Then he came to me and said, God said I should bring the 10,000 cities to church. He knows me already. Said, Are you sure God said? Did you hear from God well? Or somebody's putting pressure on you? He said, no, no, God, I heard it myself. God said. So okay, bring it. He brought it. I said, God, if you said it, and you have judged his heart, and he has done this for you, make a way for him. The rest is history. Like, what God has done for them is just mind-blowing. Judges the heart. I remember one day, God, one day, God spoke to me, said, that's your car over there. Give it to Pastor so-so and so. I was praying about it. I wanted to be sure this is God I'm hearing. And God said, yes, it is me. I'm just the same person who gives you the names you have been mentioning. Go and give it to Pastor Sister. So now, the, the car in Kassai wasn't my car. It was my wife's car. So now the question is, how do I go and take my... Why is God not telling me to use my car? He's telling me to use my wife's car. I had to find a way to tell it. When I went to her, I said, you know, you see your car? And then he said, oh, I've been meaning to tell you something. God laid on my heart that we should give it to Pastor Sister. So I said, ah, Agbina. We are on the same page. I didn't have to talk. He said, God laid on my said, Are you sure? We just called the, the person and handed over the, the car to the person. You are shocked. But we had heard from God. 
It wasn't like we are millionaires. Who. The money is now coming. Like it's now coming. Hey, now amen, Alphonse. <laughs> it's now coming. But once God had said it, see, my wife knows me. If God says, clear your whole account and go and give it to this person, I will even think twice about it. I'll get it done. Because my walk with God, I have walked with him to the dimension that I know that he that gave to me can give to me. So I'm not bothered about what he demands of me. Motives are important. My question to you is, the thing you are looking for from God, why do you want it? Why? Have you asked yourself that question? Why, have you thought about why exactly do you want it? You know, you want the Lord to bless you with this amount. Why do you need it exactly? Does it have anything to do with the kingdom of God? Does it have anything to do with his glory? Does, it, does his glory feature anywhere in that plan of yours? Or is it all about you? I want you to think about it before, as we prepare to pray, think about it. Because, like I've established for you this one, it's not like God can do everything. He has power to do everything. So then, the, one of the things that stands between his provision and us is motives. Why do you want it? Why? I remember in university, the Lord gave me a word for Pastor Ayafi. He said this many times. I said, God said, I should tell you, you have a choice between first class and a good job. Choose one. What would you have chosen? Are you sure? You choose which one? First class. After all, it's on paper. <laughs> he said, hey, you're so But this one is easy. I want, I want a good job. I want a good job. At the time he's saying this, all he needed was, you know, the, I think was, we had what? A, A, and then A minus, and then B plus, and then B. Uh-huh. So all he needed was B, 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 to get first class. Pretty easy, Abi. And I said to him, as you have chosen, so shall it be done. And then the grace started coming. The man who has not gotten C before, come and see the C's in chain. Every time he says, Apostle, I don't who did this. You are responsible for this. And you can see where he is now. You can see where God has, God has kept his part of the bargain. And God, God knows his heart. And God knows that this person, if I lift him, there's a, there's a part of his heart that is connected to ministry. Connected to the kingdom. Some of you, if they make you MD of your company, you sleep with all the women before you give them jobs. So God cannot allow you to rise to that level. Can I talk to you at all this morning? Yeah. He knows. That you even look at their CVs. You say, what did you study? Okay, um, hey, this is your hair, mm. Meet me for your offer letter at Alisa Hotel, room 214. Tell them I sent you. He knows. Because in this your current level, the, the shaking you are showing us, you know, some of you at your current level, 
Nobody can advise you. You are beyond advice. You know it all. You have more wisdom than Solomon. Nobody can call you to order. Nobody can correct you. And you think with this heart, God will lift you? Because a man who cannot be advised is a danger to himself and to everybody around him. If you are going on a wrong path and people can't caution you, you just, they'll just keep watching you till you go and commit suicide. Are you with me now? What is your motive for desiring what you are looking for? Some people just want to get married to show a certain ex. They want to, on their wedding day, they want to play Obi Mba Obi Pe. They want to prove a point. Grace also on Pemi, Obi Na Tumi Subui. Heaven is looking at you. Said this one, this one. It's not, not yet ready, not yet prepared. Even without a car, every Saturday, ubani boat for nabre. Then the unam na uchi se uchi eni echi amfaso bieni so na nyamia se bieko amawe nyaya yaris kakra enezen geu. Yeah, first Saturday, so I can't come to church. I'm going to Cape Coast. Oh, I can't come. I'm, I'm in Kovoridia. Because motives are important. Motives. Look, whatever you are believing God for, find a way to place the kingdom of God squarely in that plan. Make God prominent in your plan. And you see how fast things will flow for you. It will flow for you effortlessly without struggle. If you make God the center of it all and plan around him, things will just open up for you because God understands that you are one of the people he can trust for his end time army. One of the things God told me some years ago, he's raising young people and positioning them in strategic places. But these young people are people, some, most of them will have people whose hearts are close to him for the furtherance of his work. You know, we have had systems in the world where in the past, even when somebody wants to do crusade, he has to go and be begging people, be begging big men for money to go and do crusade. But God is raising his own in the kingdom. who will just wake up and begin to Created revivals in many cities and revivals in many nations, funded and sponsored from the kingdom, and looking for these pillars that he can rely on. So, if your heart is just focused on you and you and you, you are not ready for his provision. The provision God gave, so God gave to the Israelites, it didn't go to Moses' pocket. The provision through Jesus of the multiplication of fish and bread didn't go to the disciples' pocket. Every kind of provision doesn't apply or bless you alone. It must bless the people around you. It must impact lives. And if you move from the place of being selfish and um, it's all about you, then if you just stay at that level of thinking, you will delay God's provision for you. 
Because some of you, your rising is connected to another person's rising. So if your mind doesn't get out of the gutter and God blesses you in your current state, you will rise and forget in destiny that there's somebody else you must rise with. Hallelujah. There's a nephew somewhere in your family who is looking up to you. That when God begins to bless you, some way, somehow, the person must be in your heart and you must lift the person up from wherever they are. But if your motive is wrong, it will just be all about you. Can we pray? Please lift, rise up to your feet. You want to pray? Rise to your feet. Lift up your hands. Lift up your right hand, please. Lift up your right hand. I'm praying three prayers. Say, I declare. Or lift up your right hand. Say, I declare. The destruction of every yoke around my life. Say, financial bondage. Disfavor. Empty handedness by the reason of the anointing, let them be broken right now. I walk into divine advantage, I walk into heavenly supply, I walk into divine provision right now. Right now, please lift up your voice, begin to pray. We walk into divine provision. Ya le mora da bagata le bedo shadili baro sadabra manda do shadabaka vele de bro saladabasha le mando gabradi sandosha legebedo in the name of Jesus we are going to pray now and we are saying may God by the reason of the anointing cause our eyes to be open to see resources that ordinary eyes cannot see to see opportunities that ordinary eyes cannot see. Now, the Bible says in Genesis 21, from 15, and the water was spent in the bottle. This is Hagar and Ishmael. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And when and she went and sat down over against him a good way off. So Hagar puts the, the child somewhere, went to sit somewhere else. And um, as it were a bow shot. For she said, let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lift up her voice and wept. So Hagar carries um, Ishmael, puts Ishmael somewhere, wants to sit somewhere and then starts crying. Said, you, if you die, let me not see my child die. Amen. The Bible says, and God heard the voice of the lad. God heard whose voice? I can't hear you. Whose voice? The lad. I told you, who was the one the Bible says was weeping and crying to heaven? It was Hagar. Whose voice did God hear? It was the lad. Because God's connection to the lad was through Abraham. So God really didn't know Hagar. As far as you are crying, but you are not the one I came to listen to. I came to listen to the one who is connected to my covenant. And the Bible says God heard the cry of the lad. And the angel of the Lord, of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God had heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand. For I will make him a great nation. Even Ishmael. For I will make him a great nation. 19, where I want to emphasize. It says, And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. What did God do? God opened her eyes. And suddenly now she began to see water where she hadn't seen water before. There are some of us, the opportunities are right by our side. But our eyes need to be opened by God in a certain way that will make us see it. Are you with me now? 
And some of you, could it be that there's a land somewhere in your family that they just need to connect you to that land and your life will change forever and ever? Could it be that there's somebody you are working with in the office, you are seated by the person, that is the key to your lifting, you haven't realized it yet. Could it be that there's an opportunity somewhere, but your eyes have not been opened, you are praying, say, oh God, say, oh God, may my eyes be opened to see opportunities, to see resources where ordinary eyes cannot see. I declare my spiritual eyes opened right now right now lift up your voice begin to pray finally want to pray Say, oh God, say, let systems be put under pressure to accommodate my lifting. Can we pray that prayer? See, there are systems out there. Now, there are physical systems. They are created to receive inputs and produce certain outputs. Irrespective of who you are, the input is, is received by the system and it produces a certain output. If if you are going to America, for example, the system says that you need to get a visa in order to be allowed to accept your citizen. There's, there's, there's a lady who is currently in the US. Her daughter was a citizen, but she was not a citizen. So when they are traveling, she has to go and get a visa and they don't and they hold the door when they get to America, you know, all citizens must pass here, all non-citizens go and pass here, and you see your daughter going there, you are passing. That is the system, it doesn't care who you are, the system is put in place. Are you with me now? In the same vein, there are systems in the spirit that produces certain results. We are praying, let every system, whether spiritual or physical, let them be may, may they be put under pressure. To accommodate, it's like when there's a, you work in a ministry, you're a minister, and they say there are no jobs, there's no vacancy, and then the president writes a letter and says, Ernest, go and give it to Pastor Ernest, go and give it to Minister of So So and So, signed by the president. Immediately the person sees it, there will be a vacancy. Pressure has been put on the system to create an opening to accommodate you. Now, if, if the signature of a president can create pressure on systems, how much more the declaration of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We want to pray that may God put pressure on every system to ensure and insist upon our lifting. Please lift up your voice, begin to pray. Thank you for listening to the Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. For more of these messages, please subscribe to his podcast and SoundCloud. 
It's Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr. To interact with him, like his page on Facebook, follow him on Twitter at Apostle Josiah Aubin Jr.